Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Wednesday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, your host here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We've got a special guest on. It's two-time Super Bowl champion Max Starks. We're going to get his thoughts on the Steelers' offense, offensive line, and thoughts on the defense so far. All here on the Wednesday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. As always, we bring you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes of this show, as well as daily content for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette right here on your favorite podcasting platform or on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel to get all of that content I mentioned earlier. As I said before, we're joined by two-time Super Bowl champion, former Steelers offensive lineman, Max Starks. You can hear him on Steelers Nation Radio and everywhere. He's all over the place when it comes to media. But Max, we're so happy for you to join the show. Give us your first impression through three games the Steelers are two and one how do you feel feel like they've handled the early start to this season well I, I think Chris and thank you for having me on the show um Absolutely. I think they've done I think they've done a, a, a reasonable job I'm not going to mm-hmm. give it a good passing grade by any stretch because you can't look completely inept in, in one game uh, to start the season when we saw so much in the preseason and then kind of we've seen this kind of slow progression mm-hmm. of offensive output which once again, if the, if the trajectory is going up, we, we got to deal with it, right? This is the growth. This is what happens when you have a second-year quarterback being a first-year beginning of the season starter. This is what you happen when you have a new offensive line that's been shaped and shifted over the last two years mm-hmm. uh, to get to a point where they can have chemistry. Young running back in the backfield. I know it was like, hey, now she's been here forever. No, he's only been here three years mm-hmm. and dealing with the offensive line upgrades. Uh, I think they're in the progression. I think had we not have seen four straight drives in a row that resulted in scores on Sunday night, then cause for concern. But we did see that bright spot where we can see consistency. The offense churning their first 30-minute time of possession game that was meaningful. And mm-hmm. then we showed that you needed to dominate the, the, the time of possession. Um, defense has been defense. I mean, they've just been – they've had – dynamic moments they've had opportunistic moments that they've taken full advantage of and I think when you add all that together it looks okay right now um now how you handle this this Houston Texans team which is which is young they just got their first victory against Jacksonville now I can give a full assessment after a month of football four games Mm -hmm. I will know what the identity is because I still don't know what the identity is on this team right 
outside of explosive plays and explosive defensive plays and change change of tide type plays. So I, I love where we're at right now for this moment, knowing all those factors, but I still need to see more. Still need to see more. I'm right with you. And Mike Tomlin has kind of made that clear, like, hey, like there's still this is still a work in progress. But last week, you know, he addressed the mojo of the offense and how they needed to get it back. He kind of also addressed it this week, saying, like, hey, I was just saying that for color. Najee Harris even said Mike Tomlin be saying some of these things sometimes. But I yeah. did think these comments that he had in Tuesday's press conference were in- interesting. Here was Mike Tomlin for about two and a half minutes just talking about the Steelers offense. And open it up for questions. Mike, uh, what does it do for the offense? And it may be in for Kenny in particular when you have him rolling like you know, that's what we desire to do anyway. Um, sometimes there's less of it when we're not gaining enough fluidity to, to put snaps together. You know, and that's some of the diversity I think that gets lost sometimes when you're not converting third downs or you're not moving the ball. Um, sometimes you guys ask about snap distribution for runners, for example. Hey, can we see more of 30? Well, not if we have 15 snaps in the first five possessions because we're not converting third downs. It's the same thing. With, with play concept variation. Um, the, the more success you have, the more you're controlling the game scenarios, the more you're on schedule, the more possession downs you win, the more concept diversity you have. And you see pocket movement and play action and misdirection passes and screen game and quick game and all the things that, that really do a good job of keeping defenses off balance. And so I know there were some questions about pocket movement um, and an increased usage there. But it's really just about more snaps um, in all of those discussions, whether it's concept variation or or player usage. Which allows you to get more into the playbook. Exactly. Mike, last week you said that the offense, you felt like it kind of lost its mojo from the preseason. Is one game enough to say they've got it back, or is it more on on track? I'll be really transparent with you. I didn't mean it last week when I said it. Um, You guys asked me the question repeatedly in a bunch of different ways, and I've given you the same answer. And so sometimes I just give you a colorful answer with a word like mojo, just so you guys can run with it and we all can move on with our day. The guys that know me, they know there's nothing mystical about performance um, from my mentality or our mentality. Uh, we work, uh, we improve, and then we go play. Um, sometimes, man, that cycle doesn't come quick enough. We got to stand in settings like this and absorb a lot of questions. They get repetitive. Um, and so I gave you a little something. Um, I don't subscribe to mojo or intangible like things and all of that bs um we just got to work harder we got to put together better plans the guys got to understand those plans and make uh subsequent plays but oftentimes when i'm asked questions along those lines those are the answers i give and you guys keep asking the same questions and so i just give you something like mojo so you can run with it you got one this week uh depends on if these questions get repetitive so it's funny enough, the when Mike Thomas said the mojo comment, that was his opening statement. That wasn't response to a question. But I get where he's going with he's just throwing some color in there because he's had to address the offensive failures a lot. But I thought it was very telling, Max, in his opening part of that, uh, that response to the question when he talked about, hey, like opening up other things in the offense requires fluidity in the, like, the first components of the offense. And to me, I know there's a lot of talk about Matt Canada and the play calls, but I think part of what we haven't been able to see the full play calling capability of what's in this playbook because the Steelers especially in the first couple games didn't execute many basic parts of the offense and you can't get you can't build off anything to get complex calls that catch a defense off guard if you aren't hitting on the basic things Max is the play calling the bigger culprit here or is it the execution right now or is it like a straight down the middle both have just been terrible 
Yeah, no, you had to cut it into 12 pieces, 11 guys on the field and the guy calling the plays in from mm-hmm. up. So everybody gets everybody gets a blame in that pie. And when Najee Harris is getting contacted 1.2 yards in the backfield on every carry, and then you everybody wants, oh, Jalen Warren, bring Jalen Warren, and he won't. Jalen Warren will get hit just the same way Najee will get hit. You know, and I think that's where people kind of get confused with that. Like everybody has to execute. You can't turn Fred Warner through the A gap on a double right. team block that nobody gets off on. Or Javon Hargrave splits the double team right at right at right at the top of the play. So you have to be able to mix and match, and everybody has to be able to do that. Once the plays start getting positive yardage, that's why you see the play action passes that you can throw, you know, to a Calvin Austin, to a George Pickens. Then you can have those concepts or um, for for, um, Kenny Pickett, you can see you run the run play and then the backside end isn't closing like he should like he should to the backside. Now I can pull it out the back pocket if I'm Kenny Pickett and run it and get some extra yardage. I'm like all of those things have to be set up for later in the game. When you're not converting third downs, that kills you. And so for the Steelers, getting to 40 percent on Sunday night was a really good was a really good thing. Six of 15 on the on their third down conversions, kept drives alive. Now, I know they got a lot of first downs because of second second down plays. Mm-hmm. We had an explosive first down play. But third downs, you want to be in that 45 to 55% window. That's really where you're really good because that means that more often than not, right, about half the time, we're converting and keeping the drive alive. And we're also sustaining those longer drives because as you get further down the field, those third downs become more and more important. And then for the defense, if they're worn down, now those pop. That's how you can get 32 yards, the 17, 15-yard runs, and all those type of things, because, but you have to build the momentum. If you're just going three and out five straight drives in a row, like the San Francisco game week one, there's no offense to be produced because there's nothing to play off of because nothing can crescendo into the next thing experience perspective from a Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl champion, Max Starts. More thoughts from Max. I want to ask him about the offensive line uh, here, here a little bit because uh, that is that has been such a big part of the Steelers' offensive problems as well and what needs to happen. Everyone's wait, waiting for where's Broderick Jones. We'll get Max thoughts on those. But first, I want to remind you guys, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Go to the North Shore on Federal Street, right across the street from PNC Park. Whether you're in the North Shore for a Steelers, Pirates, or Pit game, Mike's Beer Bar is the best bar in all of Pittsburgh and the best option for you while you're there. They have over 20 televisions that you can reserve one for if you want to see your favorite game whether it's nfl college football nba college basketball pirates penguins river hounds even premier league soccer mike's beer bar can get the game on team tube for you while you're trying one of their 500 different available beers 300 of those beers being local and 80 of those local beers being available on tap so you can create whatever flight options that you want whether it's an ipa or a sour or a stout and try their great food is they have the steak on a stone which is an awesome meal that you can choose how to make how to get your steak cooked with each cut all you have to do is when you cut a piece of steak off just press it into the heated stone in front of you and you can have it well medium well rare whatever you like all these options available at mike's beer bar the best bar in all of pittsburgh go to mike's beer bar today to get your sports fix and experience the best bar in all of pittsburgh and when you get there tell him chris sent you We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, your host here with Max Starks, two-time Super Bowl champion, former Steeler offensive lineman. Max, want to ask you about this offensive line. I felt like in the first two games, there was a lot of mishmash. There was mistakes. There was 
uncoordination. Mike Tomlin also addressed that, talking about you know the the need to build chemistry for combo blocks, timing, and understanding each other. I felt like there was more of that in this third game against against the Raiders, but still not. It, it feels like you know for those who saw the end of last year that hey man, there should have been progress carried over this year. And I do think that they aren't where they were at the end of last season. What have you seen from this offensive line so far, as far as building any fluidity moving forward? Well, I think they're they're getting better. I mean, that that's one of the things, right? It, it, it's not as easy as saying, oh, if I take one piece out and put one in, we should be great. Mm-hmm. You have to remember, last year's offensive line, all five of them played every snap together. Yep. And what that means is when well, you saw the second half of the season, when you're, oh, this is so great, it's because they had to go through nine terrible games to get to that 10th game. And then to then go from 10 to 17 as a unit. Now, I will say this. They're getting closer together faster, but mm-hmm. left guard Isaac Siamalu comes in. And you're like, oh, well, Mason Cole and, and James Daniels are there and Chooks and Dan's a year older. Dan's still still growing as a player. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't hit your stride as an offensive lineman until your fourth and fifth year in the league. I know a lot of people may, well, if you draft him in the first round, they'll be ready immediately. No, that doesn't happen. Like, like Joe Thomas does not happen every day. Orlando Pace does not happen every day. Right. Willie Rowe, Jonathan Ogden. I mean, all of these Hall of Famer, Walter Jones, right? All these Hall of, They're unicorns in their own respect. But it takes progress for even for those unicorns to come a part of the stable, right? <laughs> to be with the rest of the ponies. And so that's, where, that, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the growth and progression of a unit get together. Because Mason Cole, just because you work with James Daniels, doesn't mean that Isaac Ciamalo and you are going to have the same communication. Right. And Dan Moore and Isaac Ciamalo doesn't mean because Kevin Dossett was there a year ago doesn't mean me and him are going to get it instantly. You have to work on that. And then, of course, the combination when you start to pull guys and all of that. But there's a lot there's a lot of pieces that have to go into it. And there's a reason why this is the only group that has to work in complete harmony with each other. Like it's the temptations effect. Right. You know, it's like, (laughs) listen, five temptations, one mic, one, you know, one band, one sound. Whatever you want to say that requires a group to act in sync as one, that's what this requires. And you're doing it in a very physical way while things are moving around you because nobody is standing still allowing you to be to uh, to attempt your double team and give you pointers along the way. And they're going to be right in this gap. Guys are going to fly around. So that takes time and coordination. I thought what was really good Sunday night was you saw a lot more vertical double teams, which is our normal mm-hmm. man, man style blocking scheme versus the zones, which move on an angle. So it means you're taking two guys and trying to, okay, as we feel the pressure, one of us releases, the other one has to overtake. This one was, boom, throw that guy into the lap of the other one. And if he jumps to your side or my side, one of us is going to come off. That's what we saw more of a concerted effort. And that's why I think we saw more success because they're building together. Like I said, I mean, the identity of this offensive line, also with the identity of this offense, is really going to be impounded on. What do you learn from this past game and what mm-hmm. do you do the next game to get better? And then now I've got a month snapshot of you. And now I know, hey, because this team still doesn't have a bread and butter play. There's no right. one way they can just roll out there and run. Because if so, we would have seen it in the five minutes and 41 seconds left uh, to end the game and them staying on the field and sustaining a drive. They were trying a bunch of different things. It didn't happen. They had to punt it away at the end. Then, of course, Levi Wallace saves the day on an interception. That makes our life a lot easier and we can breathe and celebrate happily. So – this is where we're trying to see. They're still trying to figure out what their bread and butter plays are. And 
after this week, they should know what they should feel pretty good about what they can and can't do and who they are as, as a unit and where they can take the necessary steps to grow. What are your observations on on just individually how Dan Moore and how Chusakor for are playing at, at tackles? When I look and I see, I see there's times where I think I, I, there's times I think like, man, Chooks can be such a technician. And then there's other times I feel like his feet stop chopping at just like the wrong second. And it doesn't allow him to either finish a play, whether it's in the run game or the pass game. And Dan, there's times I'm like, OK, you can see some power there. And there's other times I'm like, man, he just just missed on this guy. What have you seen from them that's led to their good and their bad so far? Well, I, I think you kind of hit it. I mean, you know, as a lineman, you're trying to establish where's my where is my lever point? And what I say by that is as a lineman is where do I have to stop my feet, press and force this guy to re-engage his pass rush or re-engage his. So my stopping should stop his power. Mm -hmm. And so now you're I'm judging that physically and mentally at the same time. And you're guessing. Because unless that guy and and the guys that they've gone against these first couple of weeks are I tough. Mean, yeah, and I was like, it, it's not like you got some random rookie and some <laughs> not so good guy that's just kind of okay. He's a try hard guy. Um, you know, he you're getting Nick Bosa. You're you're getting the number one defense in the league week one. Then mm -hmm. you're getting Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith week two. Max mm -hmm. Crosby is playing both sides of the line week three. It, it's tough. I mean, but that's what this league is, right? You you can't predict who you're going to get week in and week out and what their motivations are. But you're going to see a rookie in Will Anderson, you know, coming out against Houston, right? You're going to see a Baltimore Ravens team that didn't really have a true identity as a unit. They're kind of still guessing on their identity. So you're now going to get the breather, so to speak. But I think with Chooks, Chooks is also playing banged up. You know, he went, he had to go in the concussion protocol, you know, after dur during that, uh, which game was it? Um, Bengals game. No, before the Bengals game, it was uh, San Fran, and so he missed time. Mm -hmm. Dan is a left tackle. He they tried to put him at right. They didn't really give him that many reps in camp, so you're not good at it right. if you haven't done it. And you know, so I think with them, they're both trying to learn it, but they're also nervous, right? It's like, hey, am I going to get thrown to the right randomly? And we saw how bad that worked mid game to do that to your starting left tackle just because. We don't have a right tackle that we trust behind Chooks. Mm -hmm. We have Dylan Cook. Yes, we have Spencer Anderson. Still dealing with young guys. They don't have playing experience in regular season games. I'm not trusting him in that moment to put him out there against Nick Bosa when he's been lathered up for three right. and a half quarters of football. Right. Not going to happen. Dan, listen, you've at least been fighting. I mean, we could we could live with Broderick Jones messing up on the left side because he's a first rounder. He has a little bit more grace, and a little more line um, if things do go wrong. But I look at it, I think they're the best five available, and they're growing as a unit. I mean, Dan Moore at the end of last year was progressing. This year, he's still progressing. I mean, for as for as bad as people want to make it and give him this bad PFF score, how many sacks did Miles Garrett have? None. None yet. Exactly. And this guy's on track to have a record for the Browns in sacks. Mm -hmm. So people are like, oh, well, but it didn't look good. Nobody cares about looks. This isn't college football. Results. Yeah, results matter. He didn't have a sack on the scorecard, clean sheet. You know, that's what I worry about. When you go against a guy, I can give up as much space as a quarterback allows me. Mm -hmm. That's my line. That's my mark. That's my mark. If I give up more than that, then we have a problem. Right. But he didn't do that. He used every available inch, every blade of grass right next to his foot is not on his foot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. so I think for people getting so upset about it doesn't look sexy enough or, 
the team, if they work, if they're working properly, you give Dan more, more tools to work with. You give Chooks more tools to work with when I have a play action, when we're going under center. You have to remember, it was about 50-50 in this game. It's been 74% shotgun in the previous two games. That is the toughest thing for an offensive tackle to have to protect. Because guess what? There's no window dressing. There's no hiding. There's no anonymity when you're in a shotgun right. stance. You can only do so many things with the quarterback, A, standing back there, and then B, which side the running back stands on, determines exactly what you can do even more. So you're giving your defense, especially a stand-up outside guy, mm-hmm. more things to check off of his mental Rolodex about what you can and can't do, which lets him know, this is what I can do to him because he can only do this. Because if he doesn't, he could put his team in a quandary. He could do something. So arm your team with enough to keep yourself – at a balanced state because under center, they don't know if you're going left. They don't know if you're going right. They can predict all they want, but they don't know. They know if you're going left or right based on where the, based where the running right. back standing in a shotgun. And you can see that, that guy's in a run stance as, a, as an offensive lineman. So those are the things as you grow as an offense, like there's a holistic approach that helps everybody on the offense. It helps your running backs. It helps your tight ends. It helps your offensive line and it helps your quarterback get better reads. So, I think they're doing a good job. But like you said, it's a guessing game, and they've just got to take more time to get used to those type of things. And when you play an opponent you don't play every single every single year, like your divisional opponent or like you know a team that's kind of in the same place as you, that's right. you know, rotating divisional schedule, it's, t- it's tough to predict. But I think they're doing a good job, and they're, tr- they're, they're trending in the right direction as well. Quick, quick answer here, Max. Is there a timetable for Broderick Jones that you see for this year, or is that something that's still out of the conversation because of you know the, the, the schedule the Steelers have? All right. I'm going to say this. Sometimes you can use a microwave, but you'd rather use a slow cooker. Ooh, I want that I meat like to fall that. off the bone. I don't want it just cooked. I want it to fall <laughs> off the bone. Let Broderick Jones fall off the bone first, meaning you want to get him as, as relaxed as possible, as confident as possible, and then ease him in over time. I'd like to see him as an extra tight end just to give him some reps in game. Mm-hmm. Later on, you have to develop the offense to get to that point where you can add him in there. We actually have to be in the red zone on the goal line a lot more. To, I obviously think about that concept. But I think the later, the better. Just give him time. Absolutely. Want to get want to get Max's thoughts on some defensive questions real quick after this break here on the on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, want to remind you this show is also brought to you by Savinas Kane and Gallucci, Mesothelia Oma, and Asbestos Lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas Kane and Gallucci. Also brought to you by GameTime.co, where buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. If you're if you're buying tickets even for an event that's up to the last minute, you're you saw at the last second the Game Time app, which you can download right to your phone, allows you to book tickets even up to the last minute, and you still get great prices. If you're running behind on an event, Game Time will even get you great deals even up to an hour after your event has started and that can be counting for Steelers games, Pirate games, Pit games, Penguins games, all sporting events and even things like like the Pittsburgh Improv for the next big comedy show. Go to Game Time right now that has the best price guarantee that can't be beat. You find tickets in the same section in a row for uh, for less somewhere else. Game Time credits you 110% of the difference. Snap the tickets without stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to the website GameTime.co. Terms and distance apply, create an account, redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lower lower price, guaranteed. We're running really tight on, on, on things here in the North Shore Drive podcast. Time-wise, we value Max's time. So, Max, real quick thoughts here on the cornerback situation. I just asked you about Broderick Jones. 
What have you seen from Peterson and Wallace and then Joey Porter Jr.? Wallace, I thought, struggled in the first two games. But, man, two interceptions, a fourth down breakup. I know that there were yards given up to DeAndre Hopkins. I think that was part of the scheme that was like, hey, he's going to get yards, but no one else is. And that's kind of what the Steelers did pull off. How soon does Joey Porter Jr. need more starts? He went from seven snaps to 14 snaps to, I think, 24 snaps in the Steelers' first three games. Well, I think I think the progression is there. I mean, three interceptions in a game uh, lets you know the quarterbacks are doing fine, right? Yeah. I mean, Pat P had one that was aided by a TJ Watt pressure. Jimmy mm-hmm. G up. Patrick Peterson being the 13-year vet says, give me that. Um, and Levi Wallace, right? You're right. Making two big interceptions in the game, one to seal the game in and of itself. I think they're progressing, but I think the more you see Dime, the more you will see Joey Porter Jr. I think they're getting more and more comfortable with moving Pat Peterson into that slot position and playing the nickel, uh, the nickel corner. Um, and the way that teams will work to try and switch things off, I think it has to be in a three-corner set because the experience of Pat P and Levi Wallace trumps the inexperience of Joey Porter. But the fact that he's getting more opportunities that teams are playing more three-wise that you could actually insert him and him play the outside corner position is benefiting him very greatly. My last question here for you, Max, we do got to let you go so you can get to your busy day. But the Steelers are about to face a rookie quarterback, yes, in C.J. Stroud. But C.J. Stroud has looked pretty good through his, through his first three games. He's he's come out. He's he's thrown four touchdowns, no interceptions right, right now. He's looked pretty sharp, already has 906 passing yards. What are the things that you want to see the defense do to limit what he's been able to do well so far? Well, I think continue the pressure. You've got to pressure a rookie quarterback. You've got to get in his face. You've got to make him feel uneasy and move him off the point. The interior of that offensive line is not as good. In fact, hello, Kendrick Green. We will see you coming soon on Sunday. Yes, indeed. He's starting yeah. center, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so pressure him. And what I want to see, 4-2 four two, four two open with a, with a double mug Mike, uh, Mike and Will backer walk up right in his face. Remember Minnesota from two years ago. That's all I got mm. to say. Um, but that, I mean, eliminate a guy like Tank Dell who plays in the slot. Calvin Austin-esque seems to be C.J. Stroud's favorite target. How are you going to deal with him um, in that slot position? And how do you move him around? Expect to see more Pat P in that slot. Expect to see Joey Porter come on the outside to deal with a premier receiver like Tank Dell. And neutralize the run game again. I mean, they have some good tackles, but the interior of that, penetrate, penetrate. Keanu Benton, you know, DeMarvin Leal. And also Montrevious Adams. Continue what you did last week, this week. Absolutely. He's Max Starks, former Steelers offensive lineman and two-time Super Bowl champs. Thank you, Max, for your time. We'd love to have you back sometime soon. I'm Chris Carter. This has been the North Shore Drive Podcast. Find us on your favorite YouTube channels and on your favorite podcasting platforms. We're back Friday with Brian Batkill getting getting you ready for Steelers, Texans. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.